You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. Don't struggle to align your organization's cybersecurity with business risk. Get the only solution that goes beyond reacting to threats with vulnerability and risk monitoring. You need the next evolution of MDR, and only Critical Start delivers it. Critical Start doesn't just monitor and respond to threats. They put you in control by detecting suspicious activities, quickly responding to contained threats, and identifying your most critical assets and protecting them against vulnerabilities and exposures. With continuous visibility, expert guidance, and measurable risk reduction, Critical Start has redefined what it means to manage cyber risk. Demonstrate provable security maturity to your leadership while positioning your program to achieve the greatest risk reduction per dollar spent. Stop fearing risk and start managing it with Critical Start. Visit criticalstart.com and request a demo today. That's criticalstart.com. On this show, we're taking a look at the Google Cloud Platform, or GCP, through a first-principle lens. We've already done this for Microsoft Azure and Amazon AWS. Google didn't roll out GCP until 2012, a good six years after Amazon released AWS and two years after Microsoft released Azure. And it shows where Azure and AWS are similar and how their customers use those infrastructure as a service, platform as a service, and software as a service cloud offerings. It's clear that Google studied the other two competitors and made some design changes. The most obvious have come in the form of how Google views their virtual private clouds, or VPCs, and how they have placed zero trust as a cornerstone to the entire experience. My name is Rick Howard. You are listening to CSO Perspectives, my podcast about the ideas, strategies, and technologies that senior security executives wrestle with on a daily basis. Let's start with some basic GCP Networking 101. Google has abstracted some of the tactical networking components that are the meat and potatoes of Azure and AWS into a hierarchical construct. When you buy GCP services, your organization can create multiple folders, let's say the finance team, the IT team, and the security team. Each owner of the folder can also create subfolders for various and distinct tasks, like an employee salary folder and an employee vacation folder, all under the parent finance team folder. Each folder owner can also create one or more projects, and this is the key. The GCP concept of a project is the fundamental organizing service entity of the Google Cloud offering and contains all the access permissions and settings, as well as resources like compute, storage, and networking. Now, a project can't access another project's resources unless the owner manually shares them or establishes some sort of VPC peering. With VPC peering, though, GCP customers can design their environments so that individual project owners don't have to worry about networking and security stacks. The IT teams and the security teams 
can share their projects with the finance team and the finance team can get busy doing, you know, whatever finance people do. For resiliency considerations, the IT team can create subnets in various regions similar to the capability in Azure and AWS. With Google, though, the routing is implicit and handled under the covers by the GCP infrastructure. With a nod towards zero trust, GCP also has this notion of host projects versus service projects. Service projects can't create infrastructure. They share the infrastructure from a host project. In our example, the IT team and the security team maintain host projects. You know, things like subnetting and firewalls, you know, just to name a couple. And share that infrastructure with the employee salary service project. And much to their joy, the owners of the employee salary service project don't have to worry about all of that infrastructure stuff that generally slows them down anyway. They can just focus on making a better employee salary service. Now, you can build this kind of model inside of AWS and Azure, but that's the thing. You have to build it. Within GCP, it's the way the infrastructure works. So, that's GCP Networking 101. Let's talk about security. GCP offers three layers of security controls and services. Within the VPC, between VPCs, and between VPCs and the Internet. Within VPC projects, you have micro-segmentation capability in the form of identity management, third-party tools, key management, and hardened virtual images. Between VPC projects, designers have ways to connect things securely with VPC firewalls and other service controls, VPN connections back to your on-prem data centers, network address translation for internet-facing workloads, and packet mirroring for network management and incident response. For internet-facing VPCs and employee access to VPCs, this is where Google is fundamentally different from Azure and AWS, and they call it Beyond Core. Beyond Core is Google's implementation of the Zero Trust model. But before they could get there, three things had to happen. A transition to DevOps, a famous Zero Trust white paper, and a massive Chinese cyber espionage attack. In Season 1, Episode 10 of CSO Perspectives, I did a deep dive on how the Google leadership team transitioned to a DevOps philosophy. As far back as 2004, instead of the traditional IT teams performing the standard network management tasks, the Google leadership team gave that set of jobs to the development team, roughly five years before the IT community even came up with the DevOps label to classify the work. And that was step one. Google couldn't have implemented their version of zero trust unless they had a way to deploy infrastructure as code at scale. In 2004, they weren't thinking about zero trust yet because, you know, it hadn't been invented yet. But Google's site reliability engineers had started to master the day-to-day practice of DevOps operations. I also did a mini history lesson of how we got to zero trust philosophy back in Season 1, Episode 7. Although the idea had been kicking around various places during the 2000s, it wasn't until John Kindervog published his famous paper on the concept in 2010 that it started to get legs. You can even make an argument that Zero Trust, as a legitimate cybersecurity best practice, didn't really gain traction from the majority of network defenders until the last five years or so. But the paper was step two from the Google perspective. Now, I'm not saying that Kindervog's paper influenced the Google decision. I'm saying that it generally influenced the community about the goodness of Zero Trust. And I expect that general sentiment rubbed off on Google engineers in some way. But the real catalyst was step three. 
multiple Chinese cyber espionage groups broke into the Google networks as well as many other Silicon Valley companies in 2009 in an adversary campaign called Operation Aurora. At one point, there were at least three different Chinese government organizations conducting cyber espionage operations within the Google networks, the Chinese equivalents of the U.S. FBI, the Department of Defense, and the CIA. And here's my favorite part of the story. They each didn't know that the other two were in there until Google went public with the intelligence in 2010. And you all thought that the American government didn't like to share information. For shame. But that's what did it. Google leadership decided they needed a redesign of their own internal network security. And shortly after, they rolled out Beyond Core. And the ideas and infrastructure that the Google engineers created to support that effort eventually found their way into GCP. So why is Beyond Core such an important network design component? The aha moment for the Google engineers came when they realized that we really shouldn't authenticate and authorize users and API calls on the actual workloads that we're trying to protect. Instead, we should be doing those operations before any user or machine actually gets into the network at all. In that way, we have a chance to keep bad guys out of our networks before they can get in the front door and snoop around. That's brilliant. Why didn't I think of that? This is similar to what Jerry Archer, the Sally Macy SO, talked about in our last episode about AWS security. He said that he deployed a third-party tool in his AWS instance that provides a software-defined perimeter, or SDP, that did a similar thing. The basic concept of SDP came out of the U.S. government, the Defense Information Systems Agency, or DISA to be precise, and was eventually codified by the Cloud Security Alliance as a general best practice for cloud deployments. GCP does this with something called an Identity-Aware Proxy, or IAP, paired with the Google Cloud Identity Access Management System, or IAM. Google's take on SDP adds a little GCP sweetener by also monitoring the endpoints used by customers and employees trying to connect to various workloads. They're looking for things like current operating system versions, patch levels, and whether or not they have ever seen the device before. Once the system authenticates the user or the API call and checks if they have permission to access the workload, then GCP facilitates the connection to the desired resource and nothing else. Just because the requester has permission to access a workload doesn't give them permission to access all workloads. If the NSA would have had this kind of thing back in the day, there might not have been an Edward Snowden problem. When you hear Google say that the perimeter is dead, this is what they're talking about. With the Beyond Core model, you no longer require VPNs to tunnel into a perimeter. You authenticate at an access point, the Identity Aware Proxy and Access Management System combo, the system then checks if you have permission to access the resources you want to connect to, and then the system provides a direct connection to the resource. This is how you do zero trust. SDP is not just a good idea, it's probably the idea on how to do zero trust in the cloud. GCP's version is light years ahead of the other two cloud providers we have looked at in this series. In terms of first principle thinking, all three cloud providers we have talked about in this series are about the same in terms of offered capability. If all things were created equally, Google would probably get the nod for its rethinking of SDP and how they could provide this zero trust service to their customers. 
Having said that, I realize that I haven't considered any operational issues. In other words, how easy is each to deploy or any financial issues like how much money does it cost to run your operation in these environments and probably a trough of other issues that might contribute to the decision of what cloud provider to use. But that's okay. That wasn't my purpose here. Before I make any decision to adopt one cloud provider or another, I would want to understand if they could at least meet my security needs before I figured out operational or cost issues. So, here's the scorecard so far. Resilience, good, across the board for all three cloud platforms. As I have said across the entire series, cloud platforms do resilience well, or at least make it easy for you to build those resilient systems yourselves. Zero Trust, again, good for Azure and AWS, Excellent for GCP. We have to give GCP the nod here for their beyond core design. Intrusion kill chain prevention. Poor across the board. You're going to need third-party tools to get this done in all three cloud provider networks. And finally, risk assessment. Again, poor across the board, but you will have lots of telemetry that you can use to build your own risk models. Having said all of that, your own on-prem deployment scorecard is likely not much better than this. It might be a tad worse. So if you're looking for an excuse to go to the cloud, this might be the reason. Cloud platforms can help you get closer to your first principle design goals. And that's a wrap. I have also written a more detailed essay about this topic that has an extensive reading list if you're looking for more information written by smarter people than me, check out that essay on the CyberWire Pro website. And if you agreed or disagreed with anything I have said here about Google GCP, Amazon AWS, or Microsoft Azure, hit me up on LinkedIn and we can continue the conversation there. Next week, we will invite the experts to the CyberWire hash table to see what I got wrong on this episode. You don't want to miss that. The CyberWire CSO Perspectives is edited by John Petrick and executive produced by Peter Kilpie. Our theme song is by Blue Dot Sessions, and the mix of the episode and the remix of the theme song was done by the insanely talented Elliot Peltzman. And I am Rick Howard. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this preview of CSO Perspectives, be sure to subscribe to CyberWire Pro and get access to the rest of this episode, as well as all past seasons of CSO Perspectives ad-free. And you all know I love getting rid of the ads. Visit thecyberwire.com slash CSO Pro. That's thecyberwire.com slash CSO Pro to explore the many benefits of CyberWire Pro and to subscribe.